Hi, this is Beth Capici and welcome to the Never Perfect Podcast. I'm a psychologist and I believe that embracing the fact that no aspect of life is perfect actually makes us happier and healthier and motivates us to achieve more. It also helps us become more real and compassionate with ourselves and others. In my counseling office, I deal with a little bit of everything. So in this podcast, you'll also probably be hearing a little bit of everything. Not only professional advice, but also some of my favorite and least favorite personal stories. I'm also going to be interviewing people who are brave enough to share their stories with us. I believe that everyone has a lot to teach and a lot to learn no matter what their background is and in spite of their imperfections. You don't have to be perfect to be inspiring. third ADHD episode. I have a special guest here today that I would like to first of all just say hello Tammy. Hi Beth. So good to see you. It's <laughs> so been so good to see you. Five or six years. I think so. That's what we think. I, I time goes so fast. Yes. I think that's an ADD thing too, right? Like, yeah. What is time? Yeah, time flies. <laughs> it's just gone. Yeah. I don't know. I know. I can't it's, believe it disappears in a flash like three years goes by and feels like six months yeah yeah totally so so tammy and i have a a neat backstory that she's probably going to tell um i will say this she is in the medical industry and she has three boys and she's married Mm -hmm. and she has adhd and she can tell you more about her story and her diagnosis and her journey and my cat likes her. My cat is on the couch with her right now. I don't know what your cat is telling you right now. He, she likes you. She's saying something, but uh, <laughs> she's going to take her time. Yeah. <laughs> Tammy's an animal lover. Uh, now you're going to do your is claws this not, at this point. No, no, no kitty. That's why we don't have a lot of new furniture around here. Our cat likes to do her claws. Same. <laughs> yeah. No point. So, but, um, So I worked with Tammy for maybe a couple years off and on. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a a few years, I think that, um, I was seeing you as my therapist and Mm -hmm. like really changed my life. Amazing. Well, I would love for you to maybe share your story and, and she and I are going to get into some fun nitty gritty. Um, I wonder, yeah, we're a little bit too much alike with some of our personality traits. So she was joking, like I'm going to be all over the place. And I'm like, that's one of my greatest weaknesses and my greatest strengths is I'm all over the place. Yeah. I mean, cause we can do it all. Yeah. Yeah. We want to do it all. So um, I'm trying to decide we we have Tammy and I have planned a few fun examples of some things that drive us crazy with our ADD traits and Mm -hmm. tasks that drive us crazy. Mm -hmm. But then we also have some of our superpowers and our greatest strengths that are tied into our ADHD. So um, what do you think? I'm indecisive. That's a trait of ADHD. Do you think we should? 
tell our backstory of how we know each other first? Yes, because that is the most relevant thing to me. And I, I really think this is a cool story. So um, yeah, I, I want to start with that. Um, awesome. So uh, I'll just go ahead and say, yes, I saw you for a few years. Um, and the reason that we have reconnected recently is because my son now sees you, mm -hmm. absolutely adores you, mm -hmm. loves you. And so uh, he came home one day and he's like, mom, Beth has a podcast. And I was <laughs> like, what? You gotta be kidding me. So uh, I go immediately and I listen to the, uh, the introduction that uh -huh. you did with Remo. And it's called Never Perfect. Yes. And you said uh, something like, you know, well, you know, you were just being really authentic and saying, I'm not perfect. I don't, I don't present myself to my clients as being perfect mm -hmm. or, you know, anyone else. And so I, I think that's one of the most valuable things about you. you. You even said, I'm not afraid of losing clients. I want to, you do whatever it takes basically to help these people and so that's what that's what my experience is with you and i was like as soon as i listened to that i was like i have got to tell her this because oh. that's it's absolutely true um so along with you know my own life situations and managing add and <laughs> all these different things of course i had um early blended family marriage stuff going on and we talked a lot about that uh -huh. and um and you were the one that said hey listen i'm i'm not an expert on asperger's or or autism but i think you should look more into this this might be something to check out with with my husband and it was like what wow really uh -huh now you know however many years later we're like six seven years later here and yes my husband has asperger's and you were the first person to help me put those things together um and then you also pointed me in the direction of um another uh therapist who does specialize more and did the dbt classes yes and and so um so she has actually been our marriage therapist all these years, but absolutely. I just wanted to come on here and say, you aren't lying. Oh, that is absolutely true. And it absolutely changed my life for the better because oh. I, I mean, yeah, I don't. That's so I, neat. It's nice to have your words backed up by someone's experience to have clients say yes. what she says on the podcast about she doesn't try to be perfect she doesn't pretend she knows everything mm -mm. she wants to help people she doesn't <laughs> mind losing clients if she need thinks someone can help them more yeah and, and it's um, true it's funny how vividly i remember the day that it came up and and you know i think this is actually a relevant point for adhd or anything uh -huh. like people can misperceive 
behaviors and they don't know how to label them. Oh, like my yes. child is depressed. I mean, my, I'm sorry, my child is lazy. Uh -huh, what if they're uh -huh. depressed? Yeah. My child has anger problems. Maybe they're depressed. Mm -hmm. You know, they're irritable. Maybe they're anxious. Someone seems very insensitive to lack empathy. Maybe they're narcissistic. Yeah. Someone yeah. might think. And I remember you wondering if maybe oh, your husband was narcissistic. I did. I wondered tons of different things. I thought he had ADD, narcissist. And I had met him a couple times, uh -huh. so I was able mm -hmm. to say, I don't get the narcissistic feel off him. Yeah. Yeah. I, d I think we talked about some OCD traits mm -hmm. and being real mm -hmm. particular, mm -hmm. but it was interesting because I really do. I, my memory is not the greatest, but sometimes I have a very vivid, specific memory. I remember you sharing a couple examples where he took something very literally. Yes. <laughs> and I went, maybe he's on the spectrum. Yep. And those two literal examples that he kind of took the wrong way that didn't seem to me like something that would be that hard to understand, yeah, I yeah, thought. Yeah. And then you looked into it, he got tested. Uh-huh. And they said he had OCD and on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I referred you to someone else for mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. absolutely. That's neat. So uh yeah, if you can just imagine you've got <laughs> husband and wife both neurodivergent yes, people yes. trying to manage life together and children and work home you know all the things it's um it's interesting an interesting blend it's to talk about a blended family <laughs> blend yes it, you know and that actually brings up kind of the the podcast on um, understanding each other and healthy communication. And I like to say that every person is like from a different country, even if they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you grew up next door, you're this, you know, ADHD adventurer, free spirit, and you're married to someone more OCD uh -huh. that's on the spectrum. Yep. And it's a very different very very different style but you've made it work for 13 years well we have and and that's another thing that um i was going to talk about that we really complement each other and i've known that mm -hmm. for a long time and i think just intuitively i i chose someone who really complimented me i know what my weaknesses are mm -hmm. and i'm also you know i i embrace them i'm i'm okay with oh, it oh yeah um but that's where he's strong. He brought a skill set to the table that you knew Absolutely. you didn't have. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I'm pretty grateful. I actually married a genius. Mm. Super smart. Wow. Super smart. I posted a picture on my Snapchat story yesterday. Uh -huh. Look, we have all these different projects at home. Uh huh. Always trying to do stuff. Uh, right now we're we're. Don't ask me why we're taking this project on, but we're trying to put up our own fence. Okay. And, and I know that he's, he's thinking really hard and he's drawing out diagrams and I'm just like, let's just put up the fence. <laughs> let's just go. Why not? Yeah. And I, I guess he had gone to get in the shower and I, uh, I looked down at his notes, <laughs> which I could show the picture uh -huh. right now. He actually was working out math equations of, of pie and, oh, all wow. this. and I was like, I just want to put up a fence and my husband's thinking about pie. <laughs> I don't even remember what is pi 3.2 3.14 and then i laughed because before i even saw that he asked me out loud he asked me pi is 3.14 right and i mean i barely laughed because okay well yes i know the answer but 
you just asked me that. Yeah. Why are you asking me? You're the one that brought it up. You're the genius, dude. Yeah. Like, what? Oh, that's hilarious. Because math is not one of my strengths. <laughs> not at all. That's I mean, funny. I've got the basics, but. But good for you all. And I just found out today that you have chicken eggs, which impressed me off the I mean, I, ha- I have chickens too, Beth. They go, <laughs> they go together. I, I don't know which came first, chickens. but. <laughs> and they provide eggs. We, we actually have a farm, basically. Yeah, we're, so we're building cool. our farm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I, it's amazing. You talk about overcommitment, which was one of the um, yeah, traits that that made me decide I had ADHD. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's we. So is there anything? So I, I can't wait to share some examples about some of the the silly things that you hate and that you have trouble doing and then some of the superpowers. So I feel like we're kind of going into some of the superpowers and okay. strengths. But um, yeah, that's um a little more out of my comfort zone, but I can, I can do it. Uh, (laughs) I've been thinking, and it was, that was actually really hard for me to think like, well, I mean, one of the things that I'm mostly proud of, of myself, I don't know if it has anything to do with ADD or not, maybe because I'm just did such a deep dive and I don't think it was intentional, but just really, um, emotional, connection, relationships, emotional intelligence, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that's what I pride myself on. But mm-hmm. um, so trying to think of it in terms of ADD, this is just not something that I really think about mm-hmm. often. You know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't remember the last time. And so, you know, being intentionally thinking about this is just really, hmm. Yeah. Um, so well, definitely anyone who knows me knows um i don't show up anywhere on time ever (laughs) (laughs) me too (laughs) and so it was shocking this morning when i got in the car and i put the address and the maps and i was like oh yeah this is hey beth um (laughs) i'm running late (laughs) you said this may come as a big surprise yeah this might come as a to you but i'm running late he said yeah we're gonna be late to our own funerals uh-huh yeah exactly <laughs> yes we are and i was happy to have extra time because i was kind of over committing and trying to make quiche before you got here you know i actually thought about that because for me same if i tell somebody to be at my house at a certain time if they're early yes I want to make them stay at the front door and wait because I'm not ready. Yeah. And you're relieved if they're late. (laughs) I am. And so I just kind of thought, okay, she's, yes, it still stresses me out. Yeah. But I know you're okay. You know how I am. Yeah. I know you, you know me. And so I'm like, all right, it's fine. So, and actually that's my closest friends kind of build a buffer into the time that we're Mm going to meet. And I also don't have to stress because they know this about me mm-hmm. and they still love me. Yeah. And they so, factor that in. They do. They factor that in. They know this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. They don't have a different expectation yeah. of me. Um, in fact, this, I will never forget my, we were going to church. It's years ago when Cody and I, it was early on in our marriage, never get to church on time. <laughs> never get to church on time always get there as the choir singing right yeah and so we're coming in and one day i sat down uh next to my mother-in-law and she looks over at me and she says 
are you late to work too? And I looked at her and I said, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Everywhere. Yes. And she really just didn't know what to do with that. (laughs) Yes, I am late. She's like, this is mind blowing. She, she just didn't, she couldn't comprehend how, and, and I think in, in their family and with my husband, they Mm -hmm. see that as a sign of disrespect Yeah, that, um, you know, you don't value my time that you don't, you, you put yourself ahead of me and Mm -hmm. my time is just as important as your time. And, you know, that's the way they see it. And I get that, you know, I, I understand. Yeah. I think the flip side of it is really interesting because it's definitely one of the weaknesses and the struggles, but what's behind it is a lot of the strengths of trying to squeeze too much in or trying to be in the moment and not watch your clock. Exactly. So that leads me to a superpower. Uh I live here and now. Yeah. Right here, right now, fully. In the moment. In the moment, Mm -hmm. all the time. I am very present, very mindful, Mm -hmm. um, even though I sometimes don't have a filter. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, still. Right. But that's, you know, I don't live in the past. I don't dwell Mm -hmm. on things in the past. Also, I don't live in the future, which means I can't plan anything. But yeah. I, I can't plan ahead. I I really, it's just a, a complete block mm-hmm. trying to pick a time and plan like anything at all. Yes. But another superpower, I am, okay. So with my, my procrastination, you know, putting things off to the last minute, under pressure, ooh, I got this. Do really well under pressure. I can do anything mm-hmm. anything under pressure be incredibly productive minute, so productive mm-hmm. 10 minutes before company comes my house is cleaner yes. than it's been in <laughs> it's a transformation in a very short time really you could stand around for hours i use this example it's funny i if someone said oh you've you've got the whole saturday to clean your house i would stand there i would be flooded i oh, would be overwhelmed overwhelming. yes Paralyzed, paralyzed. Sometimes even get depressed, get uh, in yes. a very dark place. Yes, and just I oh, it's I don't too know. much. I don't know where to start. Yes, and so just I'm not going to. I yes, can't. I can't do it. But then if something lights a fire under you, whether that be stimulant medication, yeah, or knowing someone's going to come by in 20 minutes, yes, or 10 minutes before your guests come, like you said, right, you can do more in 10 minutes than you did the whole morning of standing there walking in circles. And it's funny because people, I think, have this perception that stimulant medication, like, cures your ADD, like mm-hmm. it makes you makes it not, go away. Yeah, it's absolutely not true. Treats the symptoms. It does. It gives me the ability. I think what it really helps me with is um, prioritizing mm-hmm. a little bit better, mm-hmm. but. Like I can, I can hyper focus anytime. And so mm-hmm. even when I'm on medication, I can still get that overwhelming feeling of, okay, it's too much. I can't. And so I'm going to get on my phone and play this game until mm-hmm. I can figure out like where I'm going to start. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I know, an hour's gone by and I've lost all this time, mm-hmm. but it, the, the medication actually, it does help a lot, but it doesn't it doesn't make me not ADD. Right. You know, that's a great 
point. Yeah. I, it helps my brain actually slow down mm -hmm. and I'm able to, so I don't know, I guess the way yeah. I've always described my ADD before medication, it felt like in my brain I had, I, I, I visualized my thoughts mm -hmm. as butterflies. Hmm. And there's my head is full of all these butterflies all at any given time. I have all these things rolling around in my head just and it's very stressful. Mm -hmm. But m like my butterfly net to capture my thoughts mm -hmm. is full of holes. Mm. And so I'm constantly losing the butterflies. Mm -hmm. They're escaping out the holes. And that stresses me out because I know they're escaping. And once they escape, they're gone. They might come back. They might not come right. back. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to hold on to all these things at once. And I I, I couldn't. It was impossible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Wow, that's, that's an amazing word picture and visual. At, I'm I pretty love sure that. I came up with that on my own. Well, yeah, I that's think just, you probably did. And I, it really fits a lot of the findings of like, I know that I sent you the podcast with William Dodson and you were blown <sighs> away like I was. Amazing. And he says that people with ADHD have five to six thoughts in their brains at one time. Yeah. Whereas at least. The, at least. <laughs> at least. That's minimum. It Yeah. The brain doesn't filter out the, you know, like one at a time with no. prioritizing. No. And so it is very, they're all the same overwhelming and they're, yeah, they all seem the same urgency. They really do. There is mm -hmm. no, there's no way level to, of importance to, yeah, or to, distinction. Yeah. Mm -mm. I, I, it's impossible. Yeah. I, it just feels like it all has to get done and I can't do it. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. but then you can get in a zone like you I said, can. Absolutely, which at times is amazing. Like yeah. um, I can, once I get in that zone, like like he was talking about, you can get in that zone once a day or several times a day yeah. or not at all. And you, there's nothing else happening. Yeah. And I can't tear myself away from it, whatever it is. If I'm engrossed, if I'm there in that. Yeah. I know time is passing and I might have to go pick up a kid from school, but I can't stop. I'm yes. still going, going, going. I can get more done. I can get yeah. more done. I can get more done. And I totally yeah. lose track of time. And, and don't let me forget to come back to this point of ADHD being paradoxical because I love your butterfly example. And I'm about to lose a butterfly about the stimulant medication that you said. So I'm, yes, I'm not going to forget the paradoxical now that I told you, but okay. With the stimulant medication, one thing that might be helpful is that since dopamine is typically low in people with ADHD, that's one of the biggest theories on what causes ADHD, huh. that a stimulant causes, you know, you to have dopamine, which which helps with your executive functioning and yeah. your frontal lobe. Yeah. And I've heard some really interesting analogies over the years. Like um, I remember a psychiatrist that I worked with telling me that people with ADHD, it's like they have this great ship, the great engine, but they don't have a captain or maybe it's like an indecisive captain. Yeah. That's, you know, you could imagine them like, you know, using the example of having too many thoughts at once, you can't decide which way do I want to go. Right. And which thing is most important. Mm -hmm. So when you have the dopamine, it helps with the executive 
like the president yes. or the captain yes. making those decisions and having clarity and that clarity of this needs to happen first, mm -hmm. then this, mm -hmm. and what time is it and yep. how much time is this going to take? Those are some of the weaknesses with ADHD, unless you're on medication. No, that's one of the things I still rely on my husband for. <laughs> <laughs> He's your captain sometimes. Yes, yeah, sometimes he needs to be my captain. And that is uh, definitely one of my, I ask him regularly, hey, do I have enough time to do X, Y, Z? Mm -hmm. And he'll say, no way. And I say, oh, mm -hmm. okay, well, I'll do it later then. Yeah. <laughs> Just, because yeah. I don't know. Oh, that's that brings up some uh, one of the hilarious examples. So one thing I asked my husband is I definitely like goofy stories and I can be inappropriate with my stories, whether it's potty humor or poor taste. So if I ever, not at, me. yeah, not, not you, you would not relate to that. No, <laughs> There's so no filter me. issue or oh, impulsivity. No, no, no. <laughs> but what has cracked me up is a few times when I've said to Remo in a social situation, would it be inappropriate for me to tell this story? He's like, yes. <laughs> he didn't even let me finish. He's like, if you're even second guessing you're asking, it, it's definitely because you let so many stories get by that shouldn't be told. So if you're thinking twice, it's definitely inappropriate. Uh, yeah, I tell I tell my husband the same thing. A lot of times I'm like, because he'll ask me advice too. I'll kind of on the same, same thing. Like, um, would this be appropriate for me to say? And I... I Usually my answer is if you're asking me, no. Oh, so you have to yes. tell Cody that as I well. Do. Oh, I do. That's interesting. I say, don't, don't say that. That's don't more surprising that. with him because he seems so much less impulsive. It's, I think for him, it's, he can't tell like How what is taken. inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Like what is like, what will come across as funny where uh, actually, that came across as very offensive. <laughs> uh -huh. Right. You don't want to offend anyone. Yes. So oh, that's yeah. interesting. That's, that's one of the things he relies on me for. To uh -huh. say, mm -mm, mm -mm. No, don't say that. <laughs> well, so one of the comments that I wrote down, I have a feeling you're going to take this and run with it and love it. Oh my um, gosh. Okay. So I think ADHD people have a lot of things on their radar that shouldn't be on their radar. Uh-huh. But then they don't have some of the things on their radar that should be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of the, and you know, William Dodson says he doesn't think it should really be called inattentive or inattention. It's inconsistent. Yes. Attention. Inconsistent. And yes. so that's where I think there's a huge paradox with ADHD because sometimes you're not doing the stuff you're supposed to be doing in air quotes, uh -huh. but you're doing all kinds of stuff that you don't have to be doing or need to be doing. But that I want to be doing. Like chickens, you right. have chickens. And so that's and the thing, right? And that was actually one of the things, the first thing that I, I, I still, I'm still trying to really embrace this. I hit the, you know, back button, the 15 seconds back. Uh-huh. I don't know how many times when he said, okay, I wrote it down. Mm -hmm. When he said people with ADD are not motivated by importance, uh, consequence, ah. yeah, importance, consequence, and rewards. I rewound that so many times. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. You're like, yes. It's true. It's so true. It's what's interesting. It's what, yeah, like it doesn't matter how how important this is. Like I know I've got to get this done. It doesn't matter if the consequences are 
life or death just mm-hmm. about, you know, like I, I could lose my job or I could, you know, something, so, something terrible, the sky's going to fall, whatever. It Maybe you matter. see a mother at the grocery store with a baby that's car battery died. And you know that if your child is late to school again, they're going to get a detention, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you still go help that mom, uh-huh. even though you're like, someone else could help this mom. Right. The parking lot's full. Right. You know, like yeah. maybe that's not the greatest no, analogy, I mean, but, but just I, sidetracked. Yes, like, but I know exactly. Like it just, it doesn't matter. And it's the same for my kids. Rewards, consequence, all of the the parenting books, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's how you parent. Mm-hmm positive rewards and and negative natural consequences no yes and so then you know he he gave the list of what we are motivated by i'm still Mm -hmm. trying to find it here it is good um yeah so interest Mm -hmm. if this is interesting to me Mm -hmm. if this is and which like rewarding rewarding like this is something and passion well that was one of the possibilities okay Mm -hmm. passion yes i'm passionate about this Mm -hmm. this is something that means something to me absolutely Mm. all over it uh Mm -hmm. the challenge or competition uh the novelty and the urgency Mm. urgency is the huge motivator yep Guests are going to be here in 10 minutes. Let's go. Let's go. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's the stimulant. I have, I have thought about that a lot because as most ADHD people do, I was a huge, 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 and still am procrastinator in many things, Mm -hmm. especially things that seem overwhelming. Yeah. They say ADHD people have trouble breaking things down into steps. Yes. And so you put it off and then at the last minute you get a surge of adrenaline that's Mm -hmm. probably mimics dopamine. Yeah. And or causes a dopamine rush, which mimics what a um, stimulant medication would mm-hmm. do. So that's where you could go from weeks procrastinating on a 10 page paper, but four hours before you crank that thing crank out. Crank it out. <laughs> and maybe it's not your best work, but no. you got it done. No, exactly. Yeah, it's usually not because you don't, <laughs> papers don't come out. It's like Brene Brown says, the shitty first draft. My papers were almost always just the shitty first draft. So I always underperformed in all my English classes uh-huh. because of that. I know. I couldn't I know. bring myself. It was torture. It was overwhelming. And it I can remember as a as a kid, like undiagnosed kid, mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so overwhelming. It, it made me feel like I couldn't breathe. Like mm. I had an elephant sitting on my chest just panic or overwhelmed just just feeling so overwhelmed and and paralyzed mm-hmm. and and just can't move forward because it was such a, a a a big picture right that's all i could see was the big picture and i'm saying it like that because that is one, one of, of my strengths, strengths right and that is one of the strengths of adhd it is really seeing is. the big picture i can see it all to my detriment but also uh-huh when uh in in the middle of chaos or plans changing you know wake up in the morning and there's a kid with a fever but oh god i gotta hurry up and get to work like these are the moments where i got it okay uh i can get the neighbor and i can do this and i can do this and it's like it it all comes together under pressure i can adapt and overcome turns your captain on and you have a lot of clarity i do i i get that's when i get my clarity i see the whole thing and that's another thing that my husband um 
relies on me for. My husband gets in the details mm-hmm. and really he'll get so stuck on a detail that he can't move forward. With he the loses the big picture. Sometimes. Totally loses the big picture. And then I'm over here saying, well, Hey, how about, you know, we, this mm-hmm. or whatever. And he's like, Oh yeah. Okay. You're right. He's mm-hmm. focused on perfection. Mm-hmm. I'm focused on let's get it cranking done. stuff out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's get it done. Let's move forward. This is, yeah. I love that you're contrasting yourself with your husband because that is one of the underlying themes to my whole entire podcast. And the purpose of it is how we all have these package deals in life, strengths and weaknesses. And instead of just criticizing ourselves and beating ourselves up for what we're not good at, recognize what we are good at and find a team, find a partner, find people that compliment and don't just sit there and and commiserate or not commiserate, but just to kind of, I don't know, beat yourself up and feel so sad that you don't have these strengths Mm -hmm. or just say, Mm -hmm. Hey, I bring a lot. Or even trying to be good at what you're not trying to change yourself. And yeah. 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 Trying to do the things that you could rely on your wife for. It's about acceptance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let your wife do that. That's not your Your thing. Your wife knows what she's talking about sometimes right that doesn't have to be in your wheelhouse no and so it's okay to not be superman yes at everything because sometimes yeah i'm starting to kind of call it what shape is your brain ah like what were you meant to do what what skills were you meant to bring to the table and in this world and just say like okay this is the shape that i am this is what I bring to the table. And just knowing that is half the battle and accepting yourself and really honing in on what am I super good at? Yep. What am I not? I don't know. Somewhere along the way, I was able to, um, I guess, not be afraid of being authentic. Mm. Um, I, I lived like that for a long time, trying to be what people expected me to be. Mm-hmm. you know, fit the, fit the mold. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like I, impression I knew, management. Yeah. Like I knew I didn't fit the mold. Mm-hmm. I've never fit the mold. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, somewhere along the way, I, I, I realized that I don't have to fit the mold. And when I am my full authentic self Mm -hmm. that's when I find my people Mm. you know the people that get me love that and that love me yeah for who I am yeah flaws and all yes right so and that's one of the things I value the most about friendships is authenticity Mm -hmm. you know just be real it's the greatest gift pretty much that you can give yourselves and other people I mean I've had so many people This is kind of, I say this jokingly and not in a bragging sense, but I think two of my superpowers are lowering the bar for other people. Yeah. I mean, I just like to do that. I'm like, you know, who cares? Like that doesn't define you. Like if your car is messy, that does not define you. Yeah. If you don't look perfect, that doesn't change your value. Like you're. You know, I, I had friends in uh, graduate school that just laughed hysterically and still laugh about this 30 years later or whatever, um, that I would say, you know, I really never like to look my best because where do you go on your wedding day? (laughs) 
Like, plus I don't really save enjoy that. Save it. That's a, <laughs> save yeah, exactly. it for the big moment. <laughs> exactly. See, and, and that just you saying save it is a perfect example of one of the strengths of an ADHD person is you were tracking me, you followed yes. me, you comprehended what I said, and then you spit, spit it back at me in a way that showed me you totally I got the it. point. Yeah. And they thought it was so funny. <laughs> like, who does that? Like, really plus i don't really like to spend a lot of time on those details i know i don't really enjoy grooming that much oh my god like there's so many better things to do than get your hair perfect and your makeup perfect exactly like one of my favorite things to find is like a like a really quick tutorial like a three minute makeup routine like what are the shortcuts what are the basics what do i need yeah. to get out the door the looking? shortcuts <laughs> adhd people love shortcuts I, I live for shortcuts. Me too. Just what can I do to get through so I can do something else? <laughs> and cheat the clock and suck the marrow out of life a little more. Absolutely. Absolutely. I heard you talking about, um, I don't remember which one, probably one of the ADD, ADD episodes saying, uh -huh. uh, you know, in the mornings you're trying to unload the dishwasher <laughs> and, you know, do all these things. And then you realize, oh my gosh, it's time to go and I'm not dressed yet. But that, that's yes. what happened to me this morning. Yes. You know, I'm like, okay, I've got to feed the dogs and I got to turn up the, you know, these herbs. I got to shake my, my oxymel that I'm making and, and I got to go over my, yeah. And then I got to go over my notes and see if there's anything else that I need to think about. And before I know it, I had 20 minutes and uh -huh. I had not showered. <laughs> oh my god! I love it, but you oh knew I gosh. would get that. Yeah, that's perfect. So in, uh, you know, other circumstances, I would be super stressed and I even, you know, I make myself sick over it. Mm -hmm. And that's a negative consequence, right? Mm -hmm. Like I know that not only am I going to be disappointing somebody, I'm also going to be sick over this. It's not good for your body it's to be under that good. much that stress. stress. Self-imposed stress of running late for me. I get a little bit of road rage, not bad road rage, but just irritable road rage. Like yeah. I don't, I would never well, want to like cuss at anyone or do anything no, that they yeah, see, but, but I get really like, can you just cars? go? What's wrong with Please, you? I yeah. Know. yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, That's it, funny. Is, it feels, and I don't know that people are even aware of that because we're always late. They mm -hmm. might think that we're totally fine with it, mm -hmm. but I'm not. It's it's one of the things I hate most yeah. about you, myself. You know, that's probably a really important piece to mention that I think a lot of people with ADHD don't realize they're doing to themselves. And yeah. one reason they incapacitate themselves and end up paralyzed. Mm -hmm. I don't think they realize how unrealistic they are. <sighs> and they make things harder than they have You're to be. You're hurting my feelings right now. <laughs> I am very realistic, Beth. I can do it all. <laughs> exactly. So overcommitment. And, yes. and then like yes. they're making things so much harder than they have to be yeah. by taking on too much. Uh -huh. And then they, they're running behind. And I can't remember if I said I use certain examples a lot. I don't know. You can tell me if I said this in the podcast, but I it's embarrassing how few times I've checked my kids' grades. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard you talk about that. Embarrassing. Yeah. But I've sold 120 coupon books yes. multiple yes. years. And it's my priorities were out of whack, but that was exciting me to me. It was interesting to me. I don't like technology. I really hate to have to log in mm -hmm. and find their grades mm -hmm. and their power school. So I, but it's, it's kind of like, hey, lady, like you should probably check and see if your kids have any zeros. I know on their grades instead of selling all those coupon books. 
I'm right there with you. Yeah. You've got chicken eggs. Uh-huh. You may have bills you hadn't paid because what? you forgot, but you got a lot of chicken eggs. So gosh don't talk about paying bills i've got a bill i gotta pay right now but i'll use that later <laughs> i just made that up so i'm sorry okay, if that was actually true. accurate no it's so true i do the same exact thing i do not i don't check the kids grades but yeah i made i, I dried 15 herbs yesterday you know like <laughs> i have a tincture for this and i that. do and and think let me tell you all the things i learned about this herb yesterday uh -huh. like but Oh, there's homework to be done. Uh, Interested in so many things. So many things. But also that leads into um, another thing that uh, William Dodson said was that, uh -huh. um, oh, well, okay. I have to talk about this self-esteem thing mm. because that's what happens, right? You're, you're, you become aware of the things that you're not doing that you should do. And it leads to that self defeating the shame i'm a bad mom i can't do this and so that's what i've lived with my whole life and when i heard him when he said that we need to have a cheerleader mm. oh my gosh wow i'm like i have goosebumps right now this was such a gut punch uh -huh. for me so a little bit of my story I, um, only child raised by a single mom and, um, <clears throat> undiagnosed mm -hmm. you or her, me, yeah. well, and maybe her too. I okay. don't know. <laughs> Could be, maybe. uh, I'm sure she's got her own challenges, but, um, I, I know a single working mom life is not easy. And I know she did the best she could oh, yeah. with what she had at the time. But what he said about having that one cheerleader, mm. one person to that knows you, that will say to you, you are good. You are such a great kid, such a great person, such a great mom that I absolutely know that if you could, you would. And yes, this is this is this stinks. I hate that this whatever failure bad thing happened but i am right here with you and we're gonna figure this out don't worry i've got your back i'm not gonna leave you we're gonna figure it out i mm -hmm. might not have the answer right now but we'll get it yeah we'll get it together and then stay with them and and until they are able to you know get that get in the groove, get the flow, figure out what it is that's that's standing in their way. And and then he said, and e or even worse, you know, first of all, don't leave them alone. Second of all, don't blame them. Mm. And that's how I was raised. Like don't blame or don't criticize them. Don't say, well, this is what happens. And if you had only done xyz like i told you to don't criticize or berate them or yeah don't blame. put the the responsibility on mm -hmm. the kid mm -hmm. for not being able to whatever turn in the homework or figure it out okay this is one of my like most i don't know frustrating moments about my childhood school is impossible mm -hmm. it 
I don't even remember school. I remember <laughs> what was happening outside the windows, right? <laughs> Every single report card I ever had said, Tammy talks too much. Tammy can't stop talking. Tammy doesn't <laughs> listen. I don't think Tammy hears what I'm saying the first time. Like, really? Okay. <laughs> so at some point, um, my mom bought a program and it was this whole like package, like big like box of, uh -huh. I, I think it was like VHS tapes and uh -huh. workbooks or whatever. And it was called, When There's a Will, There's an A. Oh, wow. And she got this thing, this program for me, and it sat on the bookshelf in the living room for years. Imagine that. Imagine that. And untouched. And I cannot tell you how many times she reminded me over the years, well, I got that program for you and you never touched it, which shame. just layered the shame on me. And I, so many years, I felt like such a failure mm. over and over. I, seriously, I can't tell you how many times she's brought this thing up until now I'm a mom and I have this pendulum has swung, mm -hmm. right? And I have overcompensated to helicopter mom. <laughs> <laughs> Not still there, thankfully. Uh -huh. Had a teacher point that out to me once and I thankfully took her advice and backed uh -huh. off. Uh -huh. But I know I can see the look on my kids' faces when they're in that overwhelmed feeling if it's a homework assignment mm -hmm. or if it's like my mom would say clean your room or you're not going anywhere today mm -hmm. and i would sit on my bedroom floor and cry and i didn't go anywhere because you couldn't bring yourself I to do the thing i couldn't clean my room clean my room was too big wow and so with my kids I see them, I sit down next to them with their homework. I say, okay, let's get started. Okay, let's take some deep breaths because mm -hmm. I can see that you're feeling frustrated. You mm -hmm. might be feeling overwhelmed. Let's take some deep breaths. It's fine. I'm right here with you. I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. We're going to do it. And so we just, we get through it. I don't do it for them, mm -hmm. but I'm sitting there with them being their cheerleader. And so as an adult, again, my mom brought this up. I got you that program. And I said, mom, I never, ever want to hear you bring that up again, because I guarantee you, I would never buy my kids a program that was that big and expect them to sit down as a child and go through that and on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't she put one in why? and say, let's watch it for 10 minutes yeah. together? You could have helped me with that. So don't put that on me yeah. ever again. Good for you. I know, right? I was pretty mad. Must have felt good. It felt really good. Yeah. She's never brought it up again. Thankfully. Wow. Good for you, though, for trying to do things differently with your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, that whole empath sort of like emotional yeah. over connection maybe you know it, it so what do you me. what do you think you're what did you feel or take from your mother saying that over and over like what messages like 
what's wrong with you? Or yeah. I'm so disappointed in oh, you. Total disappointment. And this is all your fault. Anything bad that happened is because you're too lazy or mm. you were too, you know, you just, you could have, and you didn't, you chose not to. And so that's all on me. And all that's where that. the empathy piece comes in, because if people feel understood, it empowers them. If they don't feel judged, because if you don't even try to understand, I've heard some pretty powerful examples. I think one was on Super Nanny, but she was telling the parents that if you can imagine a bunch of people climbing up Mount Everest or whatever, and they all have backpacks, but no one realizes that the the one kid that say has ADHD has about 15 extra pounds of rocks in their backpack. Mm. It's harder for them. Mm -hmm. And then to judge them when you don't know what's in their backpack yes. is so wrong. And it shuts you down. It makes you want to give up. It, uh -huh. it causes shame. It yeah. causes, like it's the opposite of empowerment. Mm -hmm. The other example I heard was when, if you imagine trying to concentrate when you had headphones on with all this loud like rap music yeah or something loud and very you know intense in your ears it's not an even playing field if you have this huge it's, distraction exactly exactly and and i've heard people you know say things about making accommodations for kids with add mm -hmm. it's not fair you know same thing. You don't know what's in this kid's backpack. Right. You know, and that they have six thoughts at the same time and they can't, you all know, we're trying to do is level the playing mm -hmm. field because right now it's not. Yeah. And oh God. And that's another thing that he said in that podcast mm -hmm. that there are no school systems for ADD yes. children. Montessori was the Montessori closest, was but the only one. Yeah. And I'm telling you, and he even said this, you know, just getting a kid through high school to graduate without all that baggage. We didn't make it without the baggage, mm -hmm. but I got mine, my, mine graduated. He's now in college, but it was, I know that his self-esteem, it, it took such a hit. His teachers that our school system, I know in particular, mm -hmm they're awful with any special needs. Mm -hmm. He was only seen as a behavior problem. It was very rare when he had a teacher who liked him and understood him and tried mm. to help him. Who was this? One of your kids? Yeah. Jonah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, um, he was always seen as, um, willfully disobedient, mm. belligerent, you know, just oppositional. Like it's interesting you say that because I worked with this 18 year old um, male client, his senior year of high school, you know, he just showed up a few months before he graduated. And he talked a lot about his trauma of spending so much of his whole entire childhood being in trouble Yeah, and teachers not liking him and not feeling understood. Mm -hmm. But he, I'm pretty sure he teared up when he mentioned two teachers over the years. I know one was in elementary school. I think one was in high school that really got him yeah. and saw him mm -hmm. and saw past the maybe impulsivity or the high energy or the restlessness or whatever, and just saw this kid is really smart. This mm -hmm. kid is really a good kid. This mm -hmm. kid wants to please people, yes. but it's so demoralizing when you feel like you're labeled as a troublemaker 
and you're misunderstood. And this kid had so much depth, so much leadership ability. Mm -hmm. And I was like, he has so much potential, but it wasn't capitalized upon the way it could have been. If, If someone early on had been a cheerleader and seen him and maybe spread the word to future teachers or to the parents or, you know. You know, that can actually bite you in the butt because I did, oh gosh, I tried everything. I I have, I tried uh, not saying anything mm-hmm. to the teachers and just kind of let them figure it out. That's eventually the route that I took, but I would try to be proactive and meet with the teacher ahead of time and say, These, this, you know, he has Give ADD, him a heads up, is, wow that turned out to be the worst possible thing just for my situation and that particular teacher that what year a shame was, oh, that you tried to advocate for thing. for your kids and it yeah. didn't always it go well worst. and how like you said that's demoralizing it's so when that's all that somebody thinks about mm-hmm. you why bother it makes you want to give up why bother trying to do yeah anything better because it doesn't it's not going to be recognized. You're just going to be seen as a, a problem. Right. People want to step up to the plate. When someone believes in them, it makes them want to show, I'm going to reward your faith and your trust mm-hmm. and and step up to that level, rise to the level that you see me at. Yep. But if they, they keep you below where you really are and just don't understand you, it's like, like you said, why even try? Yeah. Like, might as well There's give no up. point. Yeah. So that was one of the things that changed everything for us is when I, I, I stopped co- trying to correct negative behaviors mm-hmm. and only focused on positive. Mm. Oh, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Really hard because when you're in that pattern of, you know, the negative mm-hmm. is all you're focusing on, then that's all there is, right? Mm-hmm. And so you really got to try hard to look. And and I started praising him and oh my gosh, the look on his face would just be he would be the so relief. proud of himself you Aww. know and that would encourage him and i could tell he would work harder to make me proud mm. to give me moments to it's like me to praise yeah yeah so wow. that was a huge difference for us and now wow. i know that is his motivating factor so when he has coaches that Oh my gosh, they can be such assholes. Mm-hmm. Really, all they do is just berate the kids and yell at them and tell them only focus on what they did wrong mm. and screaming at them and then punish them. That's not motivating. Oh, it doesn't. It it's just like yeah. you said, demoralizing. Yeah. It's just defeatist. They yeah. don't want to do anything. And so the the I know my kid, the way to motivate him is you point out the things he did right. And when you look at that Dr. Dodson podcast, that's what he talks about is the emotional responsiveness Mm -hmm. and then the rejection sensitive dysphoria. Yes, that was the other thing. That was the third. The third piece, the interest based nervous system. And I never knew about that either. Yeah. Um, This is, you might help me remember just so we can mention this and we can post it. I'm not good on all these details, but it was the podcast was called how ADHD shapes your perceptions, your motivation and your something else. I can't remember. But if you Google it, uh, Dr. Uh, Dodson, I've done this many times because I've been sharing that podcast with a lot of clients and people I know. But it's Dr. William Dodson, how ADD shapes your perceptions, your motivation and or emotion. Anyway, you'll you'll find it. But um, (laughs) I actually teared up in the podcast a little bit because it explains some really deep 
parts of myself and some of the theories it's, you know, kind of interesting as a clinician and I'm not a researcher. Um, I have all these clinical observations. Oh, did you find it? I got it. How ADHD shapes your perceptions, emotions, and motivation. Oh, good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, um, you know, have all these theories and I've been telling clients for years that I think there should be something called emotional ADD. And I said, I think that people with ADD tend to have trouble prioritizing other people's emotions as well. Okay. Yeah. I'm t- your mouth is wide the, open. Yeah. The confused the dog head tilt. What? What? What are you talking about right now? Like in the same way that when we're sitting in a class or a church or somewhere that you're supposed to be focusing on the lecture and you're like, what is that person doing? Ugh. What just happened outside? Oh. You're not consistently paying attention to the thing that's supposed to be the most important. Mm-hmm. So, but then with ADHD people, I think they're, they're, um, their focus is way too external. Else, yeah, external. Uh-huh. And they're so distracted by everything they're seeing. Oh my gosh. And I think there's a huge sensory piece to ADHD that I have some other theories about, yes. but they're very they're very aware and sensitive to what they see, hear, feel, taste. Ah, uh, yes. Which which takes away sometimes from like internal internal oh, stuff. Yes. yes. My I am my own blind spot yes i can't see anything that is hilarious i can walk in a room i can hear i can hear you talk for 10 minutes and i'm like oh i yes i know exactly you can read what other you need. people better than yourself oh my i can, not better i can't can't I read can't. yourself i cannot i need that's, and that's why i need my friends interpsychic intelligence versus or inter intrapersonal versus interpersonal so you might be really good at interpersonal like reading Expert. you know social situations but intra inside yourself personal is hard to see and i have that same thing like that's where i don't know this story is probably not appropriate how would you feel if someone else told that story? I might be shocked, but somehow I don't see how it looks. Yes. But so that the emotional ADD is what do they want? How are they responding? What yes. do they need? Yes. And it's like your priorities are wrong because you can't control what you know other people need. Oh my gosh, you are reading me like a book right now. It that is that's exactly what I'm dealing with. That's why I'm so, okay. So I, I was just talking about, I know I'm irritable. You know, mm-hmm. I could be in a mood, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what's bothering me. Mm-hmm. I don't have a clue. <laughs> yeah. If my husband asks me, Hey, what is wrong with you? I get so frustrated because you're like, I have I no should idea. Know this, right. <laughs> I should know this. I'm so busy tuning into all the stuff outside of myself. I'm not tuning into when I feel the, if I feel something yucky inside, I, I'm going to do the self care and I'm going to go do something that makes me happy. I'm going to go play with my chickens. I'm going to go work in my garden. I'm going to distract, distract, distract Mm -hmm. with all the other million things. And I never sit sit back. Yeah. Sit still and just Pay attention to yeah. Sitting still is hard for people with ADHD. Who wants to do that? Yeah. There's so many things that need to be done. <laughs> well, and, and it is interesting because it makes me think like that visual sensory piece because tuning into yourself is not visual. 
it's no. it's going in it's more meditative yes. and i think that when you're so sensory and so like visual or or activity it's like the joke of oh, oh there's a squirrel yeah yeah like yeah, yeah. Oh, being mindful so like, many squirrels i struggle to be mindful or to do meditation it's really prayer oh, yeah. it's hard for me to sit still and Who do something can meditate when you've got all these thoughts yeah. going in your head all the time i can't that's why you probably have to close your eyes truly okay so the the only time I'm able mm -hmm. to to reflect, to do any sort of self-quiet time, mm -hmm. number one, after yoga, mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. if I don't have a thousand things on my to-do list and I hurry up and turn it off because I've got to mm -hmm. go, or if I'm in the bath mm -hmm. because I can't, I have to make myself not pick up my phone mm -hmm. and just turn on calming music. And then I can't go anywhere else and do something. So then I can just sit there and breathe. Mm -hmm. And that's the only time I'm able to really, and I think that also has to do with the other sensory things going on. Cause I'll light a candle and I'll turn on music yeah. and I'll be in the bath and I'm relaxed. And so I'm, I'm able to- You can find those rare exceptions like mm -hmm. yoga or a bath mm -hmm. or, or candles. Yeah, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, well, so I'm thinking, and you and I talked about this because I knew we could go on for a long time. Like <laughs> how much time is we're, we're about at an hour. Oh my so, goodness. and I wanted to maybe make this into two episodes so that it was maybe two 45 minute episodes. Okay. So, okay. but do you, I need to use the restroom and okay. um, do you want to look at your notes and see, I mean, is there I, what we've well, I feel out? like I never gave you a chance to go through your story of how you got diagnosed, but I don't know if you feel or how you realize if you feel like that's important or not. I don't, it, it that may not Actually, be the most important. Um, I do because um, of what he talked about in that, um, in the podcast, the Dodson podcast. Um, and I, I can't remember what he said about it, but well, the, the lack of resources, the lack mm. of clinicians who are aware and the fact that uh, it, it is still believed that you outgrow ADD. Oh, yes. Just, yes. So, and the generation we were raised in, it wasn't really no. Okay. Well, let me go to the bathroom and then okay. you can make sure that you say some of your favorite. I don't know if we shared enough funny examples of things we hate doing. I think that was pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know.
so many different angles like this. Oh my gosh, honestly. I know. And I've just thought of a whole bunch. Oh, good. Well, we can always like make this two one hour episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you edit as much as you need to. Um, but yeah, I definitely wanted to tell about um, some of the things that I experienced, um, some of the difficulties and some of the things I did. Um, I did talk already about, you know, my younger years, um, feelings that I had being undiagnosed, how it was just life was a struggle. But um, what really motivated me, I guess, to consider a diagnosis, I guess. Um, well, when my oldest was in kindergarten is when he was diagnosed. So he's 21. Yeah. So 16 years ago ish, mm -hmm. yeah. he was diagnosed. And uh, then I, that's when I really learned more about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, totally. That's me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But um, still didn't really need to do anything with it um, until still didn't. Yeah. It took me, oh my gosh. Oh, until after my third was born mm -hmm. up until that point, I had been treated for anxiety and depression. Oh, and medicated. And so I used to say, well, yeah, my life is still falling apart. I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't care anymore. Yeah. So, I'm kind of numbed out. Yeah, totally. I was on enough medication that I just kind of was emotionless, mm -hmm. but life was still falling apart. So it actually took really and truly my life falling apart when I had spent a couple years feeling like I was actually drowning. Mm. Life had always felt like treading water. Mm. And I had gotten to a point with blended family, three kids, and a lot of other life circumstances that made me feel like I wasn't keeping my head above water anymore. I was really, really drowning. And I actually broke and actually went, did some time in outpatient uh, program. Intensive outpatient yeah. type of thing. Mm -hmm. And that was actually, at the time it was terrifying, but it was one of the very best things that could have happened to me. Still mm. wasn't diagnosed because the psychiatrist there did not, mm -mm, nope, ADD is not a thing. Really? Oh yeah, no, did not. Only 15 years ago? Yes. Wow. Wait, no, was it? No, not that long not ago. Not even. When I was there, that was uh, 2011. Wow. Yes. 10 years. That's shocking. Oh, yeah. So, and he even had me kind of like, a little small evaluation and was like, no, you probably don't have ADD. Okay. So I was on, um, it took three, four, four more years of antidepressants, still life falling apart before I finally found a doctor who suggested to me, maybe your anxiety and depression is caused by undiagnosed ADD. Mm. Smart doctor. <laughs> right? We love her. Mm. <sighs> that happens a lot. People 
the symptoms of anxiety and depression are so glaring, but really the root cause isn't anxiety and depression. The cause is I'm overwhelmed all the time. I feel like I'm treading water. I can't can't prioritize. I'm guilting and shaming myself for Uh not being productive or, Uh you know, and one really important piece is that, you know, we used to have this brochure at the office I worked at when I first moved back here that said women in ADHD. And it said that women with ADHD are overwhelmed by household tasks and they're overwhelmed by parenting. Oh yes. And when you think about everything that we've talked about today, how, you know, trouble with prioritizing, trouble with decision making, mm-hmm. overcommitting, mm-hmm. thinking everything's important, mm-hmm. you know, having six thoughts go on at once and just kind of being unrealistic with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I see this a lot with with all kinds of mothers and fathers, but especially mothers that don't have ADHD either. Is just the guilt of, you know, I thought I'd be a better mother. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd be more on top of things or, and I bet you'll relate to this. I had these crazy, I so many crazy, unrealistic um, expectations of, oh, I bet I can work all day, you know, help the kids with homework, read books, teach them musical instruments, teach them help, you know, I think I already said help them with their homework, cook dinner, cook a fresh home cooked, healthy dinner, do laundry, exercise, do laundry (laughs) and get in bed at a reasonable time. Uh And like, you just think you can't. And then I'm like, oh, I feel guilty because I don't do crafts with my kids like that friend does. Yeah. And well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. We've got this image and expectation of perfection. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. all you see on social media is the perfection and nobody's posting. Oh, my gosh, I failed today. Yeah. Nobody posts that. Yeah. And you don't expect people with ADD to be perfectionists, but I actually do think they're but you're comparing yourself to this uh-huh. mom who did that and this mom yeah. who did that because they posted the pictures of this amazing yeah. thing that they did. And no you're kitty. Like, you're like, oh, I can't ever do that. I. I'm a failure. Right. I'm a terrible mom. And you're not really being balanced probably because this kind of goes in with the strengths and weaknesses is even when you were talking about your mother being critical of you, she could have very easily been like, Tammy, you're so sensitive. You have so much empathy. You're so good with animals. You're so funny. You're so interesting. You're so smart. Mm -hmm. Instead of, I can't believe you've never watched those videos that I had in the cabinet. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, so much of life is about a ratio, I think, of positives and negatives. And the coaches, you talked about coaches. Why would they not say, hey, you just had did four amazing things in that game. Yeah. But you need to work on these two. And that is so much more effective right i mean you gotta do what works that's that's just effective communication 101 yeah and it's the (laughs) truth and it's actually um what's the right word it's accurate it's it's representing the data right that person just did five great things and two not so great things and that's what my son would come home and that's exactly what he would say he would say all we heard about is what i did wrong he didn't even notice the you know five righteous or that great play or whatever he didn't say anything about that right and i'm like Talk about demoralizing. And yeah, it's just flat (laughs) out wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's statistically inaccurate and it makes you feel not seen. Yes. It makes you feel not understood and it totally demolishes your motivation Uh and 
your morale. Yeah. And so then you don't work as well. And I think that's how parents need to be too. Like if your mom had been like, honey, your strong point is not time management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but. here's four amazing mm-hmm. things that I tell people all the time. Like ADHD people have so many strengths. Yep. No, I did not ever grow up believing that I had strengths. So you. That's not wow. true. That's not okay. true. I had a strength. I knew I was aware that I could spell like nobody's business and <laughs> I was an avid reader. That was it. Did you notice that or did your mother or teachers point that out? My teachers actually pointed that out. I was in second grade when my teacher said, you know what? Tammy doesn't need to do the spelling homework. Mm-hmm. It's like. She's off the charts. It comes naturally for yeah, her. She gets a hundred every Friday on her spelling tests and she doesn't turn in her homework anyway. So let's just not make her do it. <laughs> See, and maybe you're like a visual genius. And I, I I made up that term. I love it. But like, you know, a spelling was a strong mm-hmm. thing for me too. And it's like maybe ADHD people are really visual, but it may not be just visual. But that's why you're so distracted by things yes, you see. see. Mm-hmm. But you can, you can picture words in your head. Mm-hmm. And so it's a strong point. Yep. But it's also a weak point because you're so, that data comes in at such a strong frequency in mm-hmm. your brain. That's mm-hmm. what kind of sensory sensitivities are. There are, you know, some people don't take in sensory data enough, like they don't feel pain or they don't smell things, but then others have a heightened sense of smell. So mm-hmm. I think there's really some interesting sensory pieces there. I have that heightened, uh, that sound sensitivity. Do you? For sure, yes. Mm-hmm. And I have three boys, God help me. <laughs> yeah, really. That's not the easiest formula for sensory. It, it's difficult. It's difficult. We, um, I, I use my earbuds. Well, I, I'm so glad you mentioned the, <clears throat> the anxiety and depression piece and how yeah. that was misdiagnosed. Yeah. But treating the core cause, which is the ADHD, changed your life. Yeah. Um, just finding a, a, a doctor who recognized that mm-hmm. and um, w- wasn't I don't know didn't shy away from me saying hey you know what about this Mm -hmm. you know that's just it's and once again that's another thing he brought up there's just no uh resources Mm -hmm. there's no criteria for Mm -hmm. adult ADD you don't he even you he said you don't outgrow ADD Mm -hmm. which is news to me Mm -hmm. never heard that before Mm -hmm. he said you outgrow the criteria mm-hmm. for the childhood ADD that's in the DSM. Yeah. And if you did still fit that criteria, mm-hmm. there's more, more of a problem mm-hmm. because you know, that's not, we're more mature adults. We're not struggling with the same exact thing. We've also developed a lot more tool, tools and, and, mm-hmm. and coping mechanisms to, you know, handle these things, but we don't outgrow the ADD. That's I've, important to understand that because it, it's going to be a struggle. I've, been waiting for that to happen mm-hmm. and it hasn't happened yet mm-hmm. it hasn't gone away i've learned to manage it much better mm-hmm. um but yeah that that i think i probably actually listened to that podcast a total of three times now and wow. when you just sent it to me what weeks ago yeah yeah it's just mind-blowing it was um here's another interesting thing this is something that i knew about myself had no idea had anything to do with ADD. Mm-hmm. But when he mentioned the, um, he said there is one source for self-esteem and it's self-efficacy. Mm. I 
let's see. I um, I graduated from high school and attempted college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't last long. <laughs> didn't go well at all. Um, and so I, I tried a few different things and I just, I couldn't, just couldn't launch, right? Mm. And I, somewhere along the way, I decided I needed to be proud of myself again. I needed Mm. something. I hadn't had anything since high school. I needed something to be proud of. Mm -hmm. I needed to know I could do something. To feel accomplished. I Yeah, I had to have something. I joined the army. Really? You didn't know that? No, I don't think so. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So you know me. I was in the army. I was. (laughs) And that was the, it's, it's one of my proudest moments of my entire life because, and it, it, I got myself through basic training. It was the hardest thing. I've ever done. And there were so many times I wanted to give up. I thought, I can't do this. I can't do this. And you know what? The thing that got me through basic training, I realized I would rather die than go home as a failure mm. to all my friends and family, everyone, and and show them, oh, she couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I was not going. That would be a form of death. I'd rather be in severe torture and like rise above it and endure it than than go home. And And so I white knuckled my way through. I figured it out. I made myself do it. And it was and still is a a huge source of pride for me. And that is something that I I had to have. Talk about empowerment. Yeah. I didn't have self-esteem as a kid. I wanted to look at the definition. In my mind, self-efficacy is like feeling effective or feeling accomplished or um, I think confident. I wrote down what he said, or oh, unless good. I wrote this down. I wrote down being able to say, I have done this, need to make myself uh-huh. proud. And I don't know if that's his words or mine, but. Um, I have done this. That's good. Um, yeah. yeah, I just, I just, um, Okay, I just found a definition from Albert Bandura that says an individual's belief in their capacity to execute behaviors necessary to produce specific performance attainments. So So, I joined the army. Yeah. No, I like it. It really is like a sense of accomplishment. And I believe that I'm capable. That's a good word. Capability. Yes. And belief in yourself. And I didn't have that before. I couldn't get through school, college. I I had gotten fired from a couple jobs because I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't mm-hmm, get to work on time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I was in a, a a bad place, and and the army solved kind of all those problems for me, and um and it it gave me that sense of accomplishment that I needed. That I had, I just thought that was something everybody did. Yeah, not joining the army. That's kind of extreme, but you know, I thought everybody needed to have that sense of accomplishment right this cat loves you this is hilarious oh my goodness you're an animal oh yes person oh my gosh yes that is so cute okay i'm sorry um no this is neat um and you know it's funny when you talked about life feeling like treading water i i had one little stint as a server when i was in graduate school i was like for nine months 
Um, and I, they, I learned the term how servers will say, I'm in the weeds, like I yeah. need help. Yeah. And I have always thought that I feel like I've basically been in the weeds since I had kids. Yes. And, yes. and it's the most wonderful thing. I love my kids. Oh, I love yes. being a parent, but I find it overwhelming staying on top of a house. And actually this is a really important piece that probably should be a whole entire separate episode, but having ADHD can really ruin a marriage. It can ruin a lot of relationships, especially uh-huh. if you don't know you have it, uh-huh. or if you're married to someone or living with someone or what, who, whatever relationship that doesn't understand what it is. Mm-hmm. And I have known some clients who got divorces, probably a big piece. I know at least one or two of them was their ADHD. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they don't understand it or treat it well. Their partner just thinks you're lazy. What yeah. do you do all day? Yeah. And um, so that in just causing a lot of friction, um, I can even tell some some funny stories, not only my own marriage, but some of my clients who just um, there's one funny one where the wife would kind of say, I do the cooking and my husband does the cleaning. But she was getting angry because he wouldn't really finish cleaning the kitchen. (laughs) But she was the one with ADHD. And so what it turned out, because we talked about this in a joint session, I was really working with her mostly, but he came in once or twice to discuss some of the issues with mostly her ADHD. Uh But he would say, you throw so many different types of food and options out on the table. Like when she might make tacos or something, it'd be like you you have three types of corn chips, three types of salsa, three cheeses, way too many toppings, sour creams. And he said, by the time I clean up all the food, it's taken me 30 minutes and I'm tired. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I thought I could do all the dishes and everything in 30 minutes, but she's probably couldn't make a decision. Yes. And she just threw out way too many options. Okay. Isn't that hilarious? That's hilarious. But I'm probably the other end of that spectrum because uh-huh. the idea of preparing any meals uh-huh. and everything that goes into it, the planning, uh-huh. the grocery shopping, uh-huh. the knowing the what multiple you need, steps, the, making all decisions is so overwhelming to me. <laughs> I'm like, what do we already have here in the house Yes, that I can make? And if I don't have it, Yep. You're on your own. Yep. If you're hungry, you'll find something. <laughs> oh, it, and that's a perfect <laughs> example of how domestic stuff is overwhelming. It is. And I don't know which podcasts I've talked about this, probably the motherhood podcast as well, but mealtime is a very stressful time for me. And I have sadness and grief about not sitting down at the table hardly ever. Like mm-hmm. I literally stand at that bar countertop behind you mm-hmm the kids sit in the stools. Mm -hmm. I would say about maybe once or twice a year, I actually sit at the dining room table with the kids. Now, if Remo cooks, it's better. We, we do tend to sit at the table a little bit more, but I am like trying to get it over with. And I'm probably a little too conscientious about what they eat because I'm not going to just do, and I'm not trying to judge anyone who does do this because we all have our things. I don't do crafts. They may be teaching their kids language and doing crafts, I am more into, we have to have vegetables and fruit and healthy stuff. So I'll cook it, but I'm like overwhelmed and I can't relax until the meal's over. 
and I don't mm. eat with them really. And oh it makes gosh. me sad when people talk about family meals, but I'm like, I have to not judge myself and yeah. get too far into the grief because I could cry over that. Oh. But I'm like, I know that I'm proud of myself because I'm pushing through. Cooking is very stressful for me oh. and not always, but yeah, it's no, not, I get it. It, it's a little, just enough overwhelming mm -hmm. that um, it's a chore and I'm, I am, I do kind of say, I'm proud of myself that I cook because I know I pushed, I pushed through, I, I face that demon. Yes. There's other demons. I don't even try to tackle, mm -hmm. but that one I kind of did, mm -hmm. but not enough to where I can sit down and eat a meal with my family. Really? Yeah. you got to give yourself grace. Yeah. You, you have to and self-compassion. You have to, you have to know what you're capable of, what you're not capable of. And hopefully your family understands, right? Like I'm doing the best I can. Yes. Exactly. And I have to let go that I didn't teach my kids a language or learn a language with them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and just I, those tell, silly. I tell my kids that, I mean, I have to apologize to my kids sometimes because, oh boy, you know, when you know better, you do better, but I didn't know what mm -hmm. I didn't know. And I mm -hmm. made this mistake and I'm really sorry that I did that, mm -hmm. you know? And so I, I want my kids to see me as a human. Yeah, you know, because sometimes kids might put their parents up on a unrealistic. Yeah, you should pretend you're perfect. No, I don't. I definitely don't. I don't want my, I don't want that expectation put on me. So mm -hmm. I, I let my kids know. Look, I'm, I'm failing all the time, but I'm doing the best I can. That's and amazing I want modeling, you to know, though. I hope so. That's my. That's well, you're letting them know it's okay not to be perfect. Right. I know I'm mistakes. not perfect. I don't need to be ashamed or pretend right. that I can do things I can't do. We make mistakes. And when we do, we apologize. Yep. We try to correct it mm -hmm. and move on. Don't hold on to it. Apologizing you know? is one of the greatest gifts I oh, think we can man. give our children. My youngest is, is a pro. He is an expert apologizer. Oh, I am so proud the 11 of that year old. Yeah. When I realized that my two older kids couldn't apologize. <laughs> actually could not bring uh -huh. themselves to uh -huh. say, I'm sorry, had to teach them and make them practice. Uh-huh. Ask him about me making him practice apologizing to me. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and now are they over the hump? Can yes. they do it? Yes. It's still, they still have some moments. They both, the older ones, they still have some moments where it's a little hard Uh-huh. and they, and I have to give them a, a couple minutes and just say, you know, instead of being defensive right now, maybe all you got to do is apologize. Yeah. It's okay. Like I, I messed that's up. It. I'm sorry. That's all you got to do. Oh, that's funny, but man. I'm telling I don't even have to tell my youngest anymore. I don't when he, you know, loses control gets, mm -hmm. you know, he, oh, that kid rages. Mm -hmm. He's so angry. Mm -hmm. And I, same thing I've always done. Hey, mm -hmm. Nothing bad is happening. Yeah. Take some deep breaths. Let's calm it down. Right. Yeah. And when he does, he just says, I'm sorry, mom. Mm -hmm. All good, but that's so good. All good. We're fine. Everything's fine. We all have those emotions. Mm -hmm. It's fine. I'm doing so much better with my third. <laughs> yeah. You learn as you go. <laughs> you really do. You make so many mistakes with the first and by the second one, you think you maybe kind of got it now, but it's really that third one where you're like, Oh, now I know what I, I know did the wrong. drill. I have a better. Yeah. <laughs> Each kid's a little less of a guinea pig, right. but yet the younger <laughs> ones are the ones that usually don't have the photo albums and maybe don't necessarily play as many sports. Our, yeah. our youngest is got the shaft a little bit. She yeah. gets dragged around to a lot of sporting events of the older two. 
Yes. We don't have her in enough, but um, same, all those same things. But well, you know, I guess maybe if there's any, any other really important pieces to end on, I mean, I think we've just kind of naturally talked about some of the biggest struggles and biggest hurdles, some of the, the greatest strengths. Um, one we didn't mention is, and Dr. Dodson talks about this, how ADHD people kind of jump to the middle of a problem. Yeah. And they jump way ahead and figure things yeah. out. Yeah. And then they have to backtrack and explain to people how and they got I, there. Yeah, I usually can't. And explain it that yeah that's one of the things I was gonna say um it sometimes my feelings get hurt because anybody everybody that knows me knows I have ADD mm-hmm. I'm, I don't I don't have you're it. open about it yeah totally yeah um and and some people use that as a weapon mm-hmm. and in very hurtful ways and also do not they they tend to assume that I really don't know what I'm talking about. Or they underestimate you. Totally. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. It kind of sucks. Like when I do see the big picture Mm -hmm. and, you know, I might be telling coworkers Mm -hmm. and, you know, I just kind of get blown off sometimes. Or um, another thing that is really hurtful is, yes, I can talk the paint off the walls I can. And (laughs) I did. And I wasn't aware before. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm medicated, I'm a lot more self-aware and mm-hmm. I realize and of I'm not, not interrupting or yes, things like that bad. And I'm not, I don't do that anymore, mm-hmm. but that's still their perception of me. And they still bring that up. They don't and make I'm new impressions like, and update their, their expectations. So many people I've oh, that's a not shame. Been updated and it, it really hurts sometimes because I'm like, I've been on medicine for what? I think six or seven years, maybe. That's now. unfortunate because we we all just really want to be seen accurately. Yeah. And you know to be underestimated like that, and and a lot of that is probably just a lack of awareness and understanding, and a lot of misconceptions. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I do think it's so important, especially not just with friends. It's very important, but when it can end a marriage, I mean, yeah. over. Uh, you know, sometimes it's been their person was really late. I mean, you and I are talking maybe 10 minutes late, mm-hmm. 15, mm-hmm. but there are people I've known at clients, friends, family members, Hours. even that are like an hour or two late. Yeah. Yeah. That's can be a deal breaker. Sure. Of course. Um, or just, you know, chronic messes in the house. I mean, it's hard to live. It can really mess with chaos. your sanity to mm-hmm. live in that chaos. Mm-hmm. That For can people end who are OCD, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Oh yeah. That chaos can really be. Yes, and it does manifest differently. And this is the hard thing about diagnosing is, you know, like for instance, Daniel Amen, A-M-E-N, yeah. mm-hmm. is, is one of the gurus of ADD. Oh, yeah. He mm-hmm. says there's seven types. Mm-hmm. And I really want to research the seven types more. But, you know, ADD should be on a spectrum just like autism yeah. or bipolar or anything. I agree. There's different severities. Mm-hmm. And in some person might have one or two types of ADHD or mild. Mm-hmm. Others may have all seven. Yeah. Um, but knowing, you know, that it does look different because there are people with ADHD that hyper-focus on their house and their house is immaculate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or hyper-focus on cooking or it interests them. Mm-hmm. Um, and ADHD people can really get into a zone. Yep. Um, which Dr. Dodson also talks about. He has some great articles too, but um, just really knowing that there are some themes with any diagnosis, whether it be depression, anxiety, 
there are common denominators mm -hmm. and factors that cause you and I to have the diagnosis, mm -hmm. but it could look different. Looks different, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I do really resonate with people with ADHD. Um, I mentioned that 18 year old boy and a lot of my middle-aged female clients that have it. I just like, like you just a kindred spirit. Yeah. I mean, I cracked well, yeah, up. It's, it's, it's good. Misery loves company, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I get it. Neuro, I get your neurodivergent, right. But it's like a tribe. It's like, yeah, there's a, a way of thinking mm -hmm. that is really a, a really cool thing and it's like a style of living a style of thinking yeah and um to to see someone that's like i get you and when you came in today and said i take water everywhere i go yes i looked at remo and i was like did you just hear that because i have wondered is there anyone else that i've ever met that seems as obsessed with making sure they have water when they go to bed they have water when they get in the car they're not going to run out of drinks and you said you travel with water and tea like yeah. everywhere you go. Yeah. Yeah. If it's in, if it's in the morning I'm, and I haven't had my coffee at home, I take my coffee with me and my water. Otherwise, might be just water but or tea. But oh man, I don't go anywhere without water. It's too funny. Nowhere. Nowhere. I mean, even if I'm if I'm working outside, I've got my water bottle. Uh-huh. Every day I've got my water. <laughs> Right. That's so this funny. thing is is old and broken and i mean like i've dropped it so many it's been times used but so much that's been traveling with me that takes every single road trip <laughs> it's been to 20 countries <laughs> <laughs> i wish i would have got to 20 countries <laughs> but no but yeah oh everywhere i've gone that take my yeti <laughs> well you know and all this too i think just relates to the fact that we need to know ourselves yes and if we have it you know sometimes people could say i don't want to be diagnosed and i can understand that mm -hmm. it's not you know the goal of labeling or diagnosing is not to just label right. or diagnose no it's to help understand ourselves and see if there's something that could help are we short on a chemical is are there strategies but also some of these people that were probably near divorce or ending a friendship over someone being unreliable or late or something in some way, if they had a framework for yeah. understanding it, mm -hmm. then they could cut the person more slack than they would if they didn't understand if it's just a character flaw. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, compassion. You yes. know, you have you can have compassion for somebody when you know they're not being intentionally mm -hmm you know, whatever the, the narrative you have in your head about this person, it could totally change everything mm -hmm. when they have an actual diagnosis. And then you say, oh, yeah, narrative is a perfect just, word, yeah. like a framework mm -hmm. that helps you understand them. And then they can work on it yeah. and say, okay, I can probably overcome this through some skills or some deliberate intention. Well, yeah, you, you have to know where, where you're starting from. What's mm -hmm. your starting point? Yep. And and go from there. And that's mm -hmm. all I think a diagnosis helps with so that you know how to move forward. Yes. You know, I mean, you, you might know what your struggles are, but yeah, you, you also might not know how it's affecting other people. Yeah. I know I didn't, mm -hmm. um, I, I wasn't even aware. Mm -hmm. I just lived in my own happy little world. Mm -hmm. Looking back now, I, I see, um, but yeah, I think, yeah, it's not absolutely necessary, but I think for me, it, it was. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and for me personally, 
it was um, it was validating. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing it on paper, mm-hmm. I went through oh my gosh hours of testing, and and to have a, a clinician look at me and say, "Yep, one hundred percent." Did they say moderate or? Mild, severe. I got it right here. I brought, You're kidding. No, I brought it with no me. No way. Yeah, because I was like, I was looking back, like, wanted to remember, you know, when was it and how was I diagnosed and, um, you know, how long. How cool. different things, but it is, uh, where is the diagnosis? And as you're looking, I know you said that stimulant medication has really helped you. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh, I had to go through, you know, a couple different um couple different types of of medicine and landed on Vivance mm-hmm. and man, it was like night and day. Wow. I remember you saying that when we worked together 5 or 6 years ago. Night and day, I everything changed for me. I was so much more effective. Oh my gosh, that's another thing he said that um when you're bored your low energy, mm-hmm. irritable, grumpy, you know, mm. all this, this list. I was like, ADHD people get bored easily. We get unstimulated. If I don't have focus mm-hmm. or interest or, you know, something driving me, right? there's nothing. You got nothing. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take a nap. It's like your engine's not on. Going it's not to on. The, yeah, absolutely. So here is my, my diagnosis is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, predominantly inattentive presentation. Hmm. I thought it was um, somewhere in here, combined type. That's really cool. So primarily inattentive, meaning less of the hyperactivity, um, which is the restlessness, fidgeting, um, trouble waiting in line, trouble staying in your seat, squirming, things like that. Yeah, I have a little, oh yeah. It, here it is. I, ADHD combined type. Yeah. So he didn't so, say mild, moderate or anything like that. It's fine. Sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. I mean. I, I thought it did, but I don't remember. Yeah. And now like, golly, this is pages and pages. Mm-hmm. But. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. So for me, it was, it was a very validating moment knowing what I believed about myself, what I thought to be true, but. It fit. Yeah. Now it's, it's on paper. Yeah, I can say. And looping back around to the piece with the my emotional ADD theory, um, when Dr. Dodson said that ADD people tend to be people pleasers. And I, I had always linked the emotional ADD a little bit with being codependent, meaning that people feel responsible for things that aren't really their responsibility. And I've always struggled with codependency. And I think that relates to that outward Uh um, noticing what other people are feeling almost more than what you're feeling. Oh, absolutely. And being so eager to please people. And feeling responsible. Yes. For those other person's emotions, how they feel about what. And that's a false priority because we can't. That's That's ridiculous. We can't. Not only is it not our job, we can't do that. I can't. If we could control everyone, we'd make them stop smoking. We'd make them eat healthy. We'd make them totally exercise. I, I was. I was turning myself, I, 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 these are the words I've used. I would turn myself inside out. I was twisting myself into a pretzel 
contorting, trying to be what other people needed me to be to manage their emotions wow of you know myself their reactions to me you know and i just felt like well i can't say that i can't do that i can't set healthy boundaries right because i don't want to make them feel however and it's hard to set boundaries when you're not even listening to yourself no I didn't know. And that was another thing that changed for my life. Um, when I was in that outpatient program, I had no clue what setting boundaries was. Mm. No idea. It was, that was another light bulb moment. Oh, wow. You mean I'm allowed to say no? <laughs> you have the right to say no. This is news to me. What do you mean? That's I'm not, funny. my time isn't dictated by you know, this person and this uh -huh. person, I can say no, thank you. Wow, that must have been an epiphany. Learning that no is a full sentence. <laughs> I tell. That's great. I tell Jaden that all the time. No is a full sentence. No That's is amazing. a full sentence. Yeah, and there is no explanation necessary. Well, if you want to, great, but you don't have to. Yeah. Your time is yours. Uh -huh. That's all there is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe the, um, uh, I never did really fully come back to the paradoxical comment, but this is maybe oh, yeah. a, a neat way to end in a way, because I do think that the inconsistent attention piece is what is one of the biggest unpredictability pieces yeah. of someone with ADHD is they'll surprise you yeah, yeah because yeah. they don't notice or, or, um, download or take in what they're supposed to be, mm -hmm. but they take in a lot of extras. Mm -hmm. And I have seen a lot of, you know, these women with ADHD just do really, really well in their jobs and go climb the ladder into higher and higher promotions and be over more people. And, and just surprisingly, like when they have a bunch of a team to do things, they can see, okay, that needs to be done. That needs to be done. You do that, you do that because they can delegate because mm -hmm. it's overwhelming yeah. when it's all falling on you. Yep. But um, doing a lot of extra things that you don't have to do, like eggs, like <laughs> apothecaries, <laughs> like the job, like doing your own fence at That's your house. That's stuff I'm interested in. Yeah. And um, I, I, all that resonates with me. I mean, I started yeah. um, some, some farm egg distribution in our neighborhood a few years ago and it lasted about two years and we quit at one point during COVID. I started... Uh, an organic farmer coming to the neighborhood to bring wow. vegetables, wow. but then I'm behind on my paperwork, yes. you know, at, at the office <laughs> big time. And I'm like, is this really what I should do? Yeah. But, um, but then little things like whenever my kids had to take antibiotics or penicillin, I would have paid like probably $400 or something to just not have to do that. Ugh. I'm like, so I have to remember morning and night yeah. for 10 days. Oh, and God forbid the ones that were three, four times a day, 10 days. Oh, <sighs> yeah. Mine were twice is what I remembered. And I hated it with yes. a passion. I mean, I, oh, I did too. I would be so overwhelmed, which seems so odd that I would do some of the other things I might do, mm -hmm. but that I couldn't handle giving my child penicillin twice a day or whatever. And so I think those are some of the really surprising, unexpected things with ADHD is mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that are incapacitating that seems simple to other people. Yeah. But then all these huge like 
spreading yourself too thin, mm -hmm. over committing, taking on all these extra projects and being really high energy, productive people. Yeah. Some people with ADHD. You, you were, you were saying something, oh, no, I don't even remember what triggered this thought, but, uh -huh. um, I have heard parents say, oh, my kid doesn't have ADD because I've seen he can hyper focus mm -hmm. on video games mm -hmm. or he can watch TV all day and doesn't even hear anything mm -hmm. I'm saying. So it, it is it's not it's inconsistent. Right. Yeah. It's not that you can't because, oh, yeah. oh, yes, I can. That's the ADHD zone. If it's, you're interested, you can totally get in a right. zone. Which also makes parents mad, too, because, well, they just don't want to. Right. They Why don't can you do, do it, it because they don't and want not with to. that? Yeah. Right. You, oh, you'll focus on this other thing or this other thing, but you will. So it's just because you don't, or you're just lazy. Yeah, if it's boring, there's no motivation it. and you can't get that excitement or that adrenaline. Yeah, and they don't. Uh, if if this is a matter of just a whole different nervous system, yes, then wow, yeah, and you need to wow. understand that it's a different roadmap, yeah, totally different roadmap. Mm -hmm. This isn't something, yeah, it's it's there's no amount of willpower. Mm -hmm. There, there's nothing you can do to make it different you can't, force you can't it. yeah yeah like people who don't want to give yeah. their kids medication because they just have to get over it they just have to learn to do better that's like asking a person with diabetes just control your blood sugar i do better, think you know a different teaching style as we mentioned would make potentially boring things be more interesting if yeah. it was interactive yeah for me that like if Hands i on if moving. i had to study alone social studies or history i would probably be really bored mm -hmm. but if they said team up with tammy you guys talk <laughs> well, about have a great time. world war ii <laughs> <laughs> you know teach tammy this let tammy teach you yes. or, or if a teacher asks you what do you think why do you think that world war one started i'd be like well i never thought about that right. that's interesting yes because i'm engaging with it instead of just passively memorizing boring facts yeah so was it, it the but, but what is the word owner's manual oh yeah my user's guide user guide yes you love that love it and so i'm trying to actually figure that out for uh my middle what who's you know he's in college and trying to write papers mm -hmm. and i'm trying to think how do we get that spark of interest how yes. can i make him interested and relevant to him yes uniquely to, a customized yes. strategy that ignites a spark in him and we may have different things that ignite that spark yes. inside we of all us have something different and so i'm i'm trying to write an owner's manual for him and Ooh, yeah him. like this is what you're good at these are this is how yes this is your work. brain shape this mm -hmm. is what yes yeah so I'm going to do a whole podcast on the user's guide. I love, love that. it. That and was another like, it resonated with you. I remember you texted huge, me and I yes, love it when people yes. just like, they're like, I get that. Like, yes, I, I love I that. Love well, it. thank you so much for oh squeezing in like two hours of your time. <laughs> um, if not more Absolutely. to do this. No, this was I was amazing. I'm so excited to do this. Me too. It's Wonderful. so good to catch up with you. Yeah.